Welcome to the Stripped Down Know Nothing podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're great or lame, from Brian Wilson to Jane, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. He looks at pictures and cries, it's my co-host, Evan. Who's lonely now? Which one of us is suffering? It's Saker, my co-host. One day we're going to have the same line, even though we just started this, and the other one is going to be scrambling. We'll have to do, we'll have to play like a a buzzer sound or something and then end the podcast permanently. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be the cue. So now I'm going to have to pick the most obscure line every time because I love this. I'm having such a good time with you, buddy. Uh, here I am. <laughs> Talking about the Bannocked Ladies every week. It's like eating a bucket of cookies. You know, is it better or worse that we do these in batches? Because we record like two to three episodes at a time. So there's a lot of pain and then a lot of nothing. <laughs> and would it be better if we did it weekly? Well, it's like it's like eating a bucket of cookies, right? Uh-huh. You know, you start and it's... <laughs> They're really good. Delicious. Delicious fresh baked cookies. You just start uh-huh. chewing your like at the state fair. Uh-huh. Where we bought we bought a bucket of cookies. We did buy a bucket of cookies and unlimited milk. That that uh, state fairs are just sort of a, a like a midwestern staple and you get sort of a whole strata of midwestern society there. So it's fun to just go and people watch and sort of be there and make bad decisions. But I, I, I want to talk more about those cookies because that was the best thing I've ever done. And and the and the uh, the free milk because they do like the unlimited. The, they do the unlimited milk, but they also do like a giant jug of, or a cup of, of iced tea. And I always make the mistake of like getting salty food and then they charge you up, you know, a bunch of money for the the drinks. Yeah. And they're, it's just absurdly priced. But you can get the giant cup of iced tea and you get like refills at half price or something. But it's just iced tea. So it costs them. My question, I guess, and I, if you allow me to tangent <laughs> Where are again, you going with this? What do you think has the highest profit margin food or drink wise at the Ooh, state at fair? At a state fair. Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I think... I would bet that it's probably some sort of, uh, I'm going to say deep fried butter. How much does a Walmart butter cost? You roll it in some shitty thing and like, then throw it in your deep fryer more and you're than, done. More than like brewing a batch of ice, like a, a oh that a uh, hundred gallons of iced tea and then. That Pecos Bill's uh, flat soda or whatever. Oh God. Where it's, it's, it's everyone makes that water? mistake. Yeah. Yes. And there's just, it's just bees all around it. <laughs> So it's just a guy who sells flat soda, basically. He calls it old-timey soda because he doesn't care to carbonate it. Well, if you look on the other side of that booth, it's actually a, like, a, it, it's a it's a, a, a stand for the fair. It's the Beepo. It's the Bee Depot where oh, really? you can, like, look at bees. You can, you can collect and... all. Oh, it's like one of those. Uh, it's like an agriculture booth, right? Yes, it's so, exactly yeah, what it Okay, is. so it's an apiists. Uh, oh, whoa. <laughs> Don't call people apiists. I will. You have to have proof. Um, yeah, but the I was just saying that the, the free milk, because the free milk, you can just keep going up and getting it. And we had, we, just, we must have drank 14 glasses of milk. And the ladies who were manning the booth were so, they went from being amused well, we were to dr- like questioning. Like to, 70 cookies also. To frightened as we just go, more, more. <laughs> That's what frightened them. More. Is that every time you would finish a glass, you would say, more, more. <laughs> and then I would have to go up and get the refill. <laughs> I was so thirsty because I'd eaten like a gyro, a euro. A hero. <laughs> you had all three. Yeah, and uh, and fries, and I'd walked across the fair like four times mm-hmm. trying to find everybody. But mm-hmm. yeah, that that free milk, man, it was so crisp. Damn, God, I so love cold. free milk. <laughs> yeah, although it was super hot, so it's kind of a bad choice. But luckily, I was leading the fair right away afterwards. Yeah, we stuck around and walked for quite a while afterwards, and uh, yeah, not a whole lot of fun walking around on a hot day with a belly full of milk. But God, <laughs> that that was. It was the best. That cookie place, I will. I had no idea it was even a thing. Yeah. Uh, they give you 70 cookies for like $8, <laughs> and then you you become a Midwesterner. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. What? Oh, I thought you, you looked like you were about to say something. Oh, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. Good. I don't want to dig you out of this hole. <laughs> 
Well, speaking of digging speaking out of holes, of, here's space. the shovel that I'm going to use to dig okay. out of this hole. Uh, He's at, we have a great get, a guest today. You've seen his videos all over Maximum Fun's web presence. He's produced more than his fair share of delightful music videos, but you probably best know him from his podcast, Friendly Fire, The Greatest Discovery, and The Greatest Generation. It's Benjamin R. Harris. And hi, Ben. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Hey, Ben. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I could have saved you guys a lot of hassle if I'd been on earlier. I mean, everybody knows that free milk isn't truly free. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a price, a horrible price to pay for free milk. Yeah. yeah. Evan, also, oh, were, were you washing some of these cookies down with the with the iced tea? Was was I misunderstanding that? I mean, that yeah. just sounds like a bad combination. Well, I was just personally. so. I, well, I went for like cost benefit, like because uh, iced tea is like the least cost digestive wise to do right even the guy i i was like i'll take a i'll take a 64 ounce cup of iced tea no ice he's like are you sure man i just got this out of i'm like no ice i just need the liquid (laughs) so i was drinking i was drinking hot iced tea yeah he handed you a warm Warm cup cup of iced iced tea tea. you made every bad decision you could have made because they always they always throw like a half pound of ice in there so you know you just i don't want to just drink ice so you don't you don't do these things for pleasure. You do them to have the best value. Yeah. Okay. I'm a Midwesterner. Sure. Like it's like going to a buffet and you sort of like have to like strategically load up your plate, right? No. What? No. You get as much food as you want. Right. But you have to pick which kind of foods you want to eat and whatnot. There was a when I was in. <laughs> Are you explaining was in buffets? Yeah. To yeah. Me? I'm explaining buffets to you. Okay. I think the best buffet strategy is you you get a very small amount of everything you're curious about at your first pass and then you go back on your second pass oh. with an informed plate strategy <laughs> you know you go those fried shrimp looked good but they were not that good however the you know roast beef or whatever was great <laughs> so i'll get a plate full of that it's i true. always approach buffets like a uh 50 year old dad packing a car for a vacation <laughs> meaning i want to get the most amount of food in my stomach Jesus. it's just a game of just... plate tetris that's right <laughs> so you look for like the lightest food that is no the no biggest? i'll like i'll be like okay well that shrimp is sort of like an l shape so i'm gonna put some <laughs> beef in there in that little l to like, like a little square of beef in there to get the lime oh, to fill up my what you're stomach. saying is that is that multiple repeat trips to the free milk uh, table is is not actually throwing that much of a curveball at your system. Well, he had it's used to this kind of thing. He had Indeed. eaten all those cookies, which left weird shapes in his stomach, so yeah. he had to pour it in to kind of fill those yeah, anyway. I also don't chew, so <laughs> hey, that is a problem. because I have to keep the food shape <laughs> correct. Um, yeah, when you get a Tetris in your stomach, does it all go away? I guess that's well, what pooping it's, is. Yeah, it's slowly <laughs> the lines disappear down into my intestines. Yeah, that isn't that how you digest food? That is true. That's right. Oh boy! Oh boy! So Ben, <laughs> now that we're done talking about pooping, um, tell me. What... I mean, I'm my show is more about like further down the digestive tract, <laughs> generally speaking. So I mean, we can keep it going in this direction. Further down than than poop. What is below that? <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I, you were talking about stomach. Oh, I'm this is true. About, this is true. I'm talking about poops and farts. I'm talking Sphincters, about poops yeah, and farts, straight baby. Up. Um, Ben, can I ask you? It was very, very kind of you to be on our show. I don't know your history with bare naked ladies. I got looped into the email chain after I think you and Evan had talked about it. So, sure. do you know anything about bare naked ladies? Are, were you a fan? Are you a fan? Uh, I've never owned a bare naked ladies album. I remember liking, um, uh, one or two songs of theirs on the radio yep. back in the day, but never, you know, never enough to go uh, seal the deal with 
with a with a fandom sure. or anything like that. Absolutely. Um, I, I take it. I take it. You guys are big fans. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you could call Saker a fan. And I am a fan. I like very I, good ladies. Like like I've always said, my story arc is somebody who basically like you liked their songs on the radio i owned actually i think two albums and i saw a bunch of their concerts back in the day because it seemed like every woman i was dating in the 90s wanted to go to a bare naked ladies concert so i was sort of proximate to them yeah but my dating story- women in the 90s is not something i was involved with so uh, <laughs> that, that was my problem yeah bit of a late bloomer um yeah well and you know listening to i i am a fan but listening to these songs 40 to 50 times i think I may now be on Evan's side where I'm like, why? I wish I would just listen to these guys once when my girlfriend wants me to listen yep. to them. And yet he, I don't know. And yet he won't let me die. And that I won't let you die. I'm sorry. I won't release you from your spiritual prison. Uh, there's a lot of canon, by the way, <laughs> that you have to understand before you get... By the way, thank you, Ben, for reading the script that we provide to all our guests, which is, <laughs> I like one or two songs that I heard on the radio by the Very Good Ladies. You can take, pick one of two options. You can either be, I like one or two songs, or... I listened to Weird Al and then Moxie Fruvis, <laughs> then the Bare Naked Ladies, yes. and they might be giants. Or really, the third option, which I think a couple of them took, which is, I don't know, you texted me on Twitter and I got back to you. I've never heard them before in my life, <laughs> which is the Jesse Thorne nuclear option, as we like to call yes. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, they're, they're a Canadian band, so I imagine if you had guests from Canada... Mm-hmm. Their their situation is going to be different because their uh, government forces them to listen to mm-hmm. Canadian music. That's right. Uh, one week is the national anthem in Canada. <laughs> um, yeah, we really should have more Canadians on this show. Yeah. That would be good. Ben, can you say you're from Canada for this episode? That would really help our cred. I don't know about that. Oh, thank you. Ah, <laughs> Good perfect. <man. laughs> Talking like a vampire. Um, yeah, so um, so you heard, so probably like one week, maybe if I had a million dollars, things like that. Uh, Hell yeah, I remember if I had a million dollars. My primary association with that song is uh, uh, seeing a, a sketch at a summer camp, like the, the counselors put on a sketch using that show, and every time that bang sound happened... A guy would just come out from backstage and hit a garbage can with a baseball bat. <laughs> and uh, boy, that was a solid bit of business when I was 13. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I, I love this story for several reasons. Thing number one is I'm not sure what bang sound is in if I had a million dollars. So I think this might have been a fever dream that you had. <laughs> could you? be, could be. <laughs> but I maybe I'm conflating two songs. It could also. I don't know. Be. No, yeah. That's 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 how it, unfamiliar I am with that song. It's true. They they all go down like water anyway. They they're tasteless <laughs> and you drink them and you're refreshed, uh, I suppose. But they all blend together. Well, you certainly won't forget this song. Oh well. Uh, never mind. Not quite sure about <laughs> that. Yeah, I. Uh, we like to saddle guests that are unfamiliar with the ladies with bad songs. You said the worst, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, actually, we sort of pick it randomly. So just whenever you had time yeah, and you happen to draw this fun little <laughs> ditty. We're chronologically going through, which means that whenever a guest is available, they record the next episode. And unfortunately, you got this one, which... So, I, so this is kind of a B-side, I take it? Well, no, this is a full-on album. It is track 11 out of 12 on the album. So it's not a B-side, but it is a damn deep cut. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I suppose Good. we can just segue <laughs> into talking about the song. So, the song this week is called The Wrong Man Was Convicted. If you are unfamiliar with it, here is a quick little sample. Who's lonely now? 
one of us is suffering Who's in his cups? Which one of us recovers? All right, Ben, we've kind of tipped our hands a bit. How did you feel about this song, just in a general sense, before we kind of talk specifics? I feel like this is... Uh... This song is a little bit directed by M. Night Shyamalan, where <laughs> it's got a very facile conceit and then a, a big twist ending mm-hmm. that really made me hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, the big twist ending being? That uh, that he, he's, he both desperately misses this woman, but also doesn't uh, want her to have had uh, other lovers oh boy. in between oh, him God. being yeah, like, the... like a real, like, he turns out to be like a controlling asshole boyfriend yeah. i actually yes. have that line like underlined six times and just gross and misogynistic written with like exclamation yeah. points after it that's exactly what i i can't kiss a tainted woman <laughs> like yeah ugh. like i felt I, I felt like okay i'm like following your your little premise at the beginning and right. then ba- like big betrayal at the ending <laughs> yes yeah also, the line being just just for the sake of uh people who've never heard the song it's cruel unusual punishment to kiss fingerprinted skin oh god that so, line just squicked me out oh, so bad if another yeah. man has ever touched you yeah it's, it's the most anti-feminist line perhaps in bnl's entire discography but, so far and they've yeah. had some weird bad anti-feminist songs if i'm again beside your body don't tell me where it's Unusual punishment to kiss fingerprinted skin. Even from Jump, this this uh, album, just the 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 title, the the wrong man was convicted. He is conflating his relationship with this woman to prison time. No, he's not. <laughs> that's another twit. That's some fridge logic. And it took me thirty three goddamn years to realize this, Evan. But convicted is not a verb. There, it's an adjective. The other guy had more conviction. He went right, to the a, woman. It, it's a play. It's a play on the word. Conviction. Jesus Christ! They're, they're, they're using some jailhouse imagery Paige. to uh, <laughs> enhance the play. But I, it, God, I, I feel I, like an idiot. I wrote that in my notes. I can't believe it took me because I I bought this album when I was like twelve and I listened to it. But like I've never realized that. Yeah, convicted is an adjective, which is actually again really good writing. Like I thought that was cl- maybe too yeah. clever by half, possibly. But... It just it just raised my estimation of this song marginally. Yeah, yeah. I mean still not I still don't <laughs> enjoy this song, but <laughs> But yeah, the wrong man was convicted. I do I do like that title. I do like the the imagery that you suspect before you listen to it and then what happens afterwards. Um but uh yeah it was uh it does have a couple weird sh- Shamalanian twists to it. <laughs> But um, yeah, Shamalite. Shamish. Let's talk a little bit about. Let's go lyrically first, huh? Because we started kind of touching on those lyrics with that uh, that weird, weird line uh, late in the song. Um, yeah, I mean, the, like the the beginning of the song, I feel is like pretty heartfelt. It's about a guy who you know blew it with a girl and really misses her. Yeah, it's totally uh, from from the jump. It seems like uh, it's relatable, very relatable, right? We've all maybe had that experience. It may be a uh, maybe a trope, but gentlemen uh, having commitment issues uh, <laughs> in relationships is often something that you see. And uh, this guy feeling like his commitment issues came in between him and a woman he actually really wants to be with. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you don't. It's it's difficult when you're when you don't have the context for for everything that's happening here, but. Uh, this is near the end of the second album, and these whole both of these albums have just been filled with just like 
piece of shit narrators who alternatively are reveling in how bad they've treated women or feel bad for themselves for how bad they've treated women. <laughs> so like it's, it's kind of well-worn territory for Benicad ladies at so this point. I'm of sort of, I've, I've been, th- I've done a lot of thought about that over the course of our podcast uh-huh. and I'm of sort of two minds regarding it at one hand. Yeah. He's just beating this ringing this bell over and over right, again. Right. But at the same time, if you lay out any like artists like catalog back to back, using just just focusing on them specifically right instead of like a small bites over the place all over the place like you're gonna get running themes and some of them might be difficult like it'd be like like i I write short stories but they appear in different markets right right it'd be like if i just only wrote anthologies of my own work like (laughs) just my own stories (laughs) running through and i mean there are stories i never want to appear next to each other because they're the same idea basically right so (laughs) he does i mean it'd be like if uh ben has to direct 20 short films and then they just did a ben r harrison film festival all of them are about hot dogs like okay i get (laughs) it Uh, i've had i've had nightmares about that very idea (laughs) have you really (laughs) yeah you're you're right but at the same time both you and ben know if you have an anthology like Okay, the, but, like, the band knew, like, we are creating an album. Like, mm-hmm. we know that these thematic ideas are going to appear next to each other over and over again. So what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, it's it's hard to get inside the brain of, of the lady, the B-Nakes at this point. Uh, I don't know. Uh, very, very difficult and, and weird. Um, uh, let's, let's talk, uh, yeah... I just thought in general, the song seemed kind of melodramatic, um, even from the viewpoint of maybe a 20 something who wrote it. It seems like early teens, like, uh, you know, who's dying now? Like, oh, I'll never, I'll t- I take a bullet for you, baby. Like, who'd die for you? Who's dying inside that's, I don't know. That's something that I've always hated was the, like, I die for you mentality. Mm. So if you die for the lady, just leave her the fuck alone. Like, that's probably <laughs> what she wants anyway. Like, if you're willing to, like, sacrifice your life for her, just leave her alone. Give yeah. her give her Go that. Go ahead and do it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, I never thought about that. So if you're the woman, you should, like, start to fall onto a sword so that he can fall onto it for you and then you can walk away. <laughs> Just like, well, he did what he wanted to do. <laughs> We're both happy now. <laughs> he died for me and I got rid of him. <laughs> Game of relationship chicken. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I like that idea a lot. Um, yeah, uh, there's a lot of weird, weirdly voiced lines on here. I love the way Steve says, uh, who only hyperventilates. <laughs> Like he leaves an A out of that word. Lonely hyperventilates. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, like weird, awkward uh, cries, but way too late. Is that an awkward phrasing or is it just me? Who likes to look at pictures and cries, but way too late. Because I, th- I, th- I think that a lot of the phrasing is, I mean, even the notorious last line of the, uh, of the third verse, oh. it's cruel, unusual punishment. Right. He like, <laughs> he like leaves several syllables out of that phrase. <laughs> yeah. He is affecting a voice. I, I hate to, to dig back into that Jesse Thornwell, but I remember when Jesse Thorne asked, is he, is he doing a voice? <laughs> and I truly, on this one, Steve is doing a thing. One of my favorite lines in the whole song is when he's launching into the last chorus and he goes, fool like Brad Paisley, like, around me. <laughs> like, the wrong man, why? 
weird country affectation on this song, right? Um, yeah, th- this is the first time we see Steve doing a country thing. Usually mm-hmm. it's Ed with the country jams, and Steve does more of the straightforward pop songs. Uh, yeah. Oh, so they have two different lead singers? They do. Is that- uh, yeah. Steve uh. is the guy who you probably recognize. He was on, like, one week, and it's all been done. And he, he was their more singer guy he quit in like 2009 uh and ed did a bunch of songs before him but now he leads it was 2012 2012 maybe i don't know we don't know i, I say strip down no nothing <laughs> podcast at the beginning of the episode and and what is uh what is he up to in the wake of quitting like I, that's always interesting to me yeah both both of the both the bare naked ladies which are still a band or bare naked ladies and steve are both touring singing bare naked lady songs <laughs> which oh is wow great. Yeah. so we i wonder how that works i mean like like if adam and i ever broke up the band mm-hmm. and we both toured greatest gen live shows like <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I just can't even imagine what that would even look like would you have you know? to would you have to divide up the kids so to speak like after, like say if you went after ds9 you finish and then so does he get voyager and you get enterprise <laughs> i mean how does this work out <laughs> Boy, I think Gosh. we'd have to we'd have to flip a coin or something. Yeah. What would you? Uh, I, I I hope we'd be on friendly enough terms at that point. But <laughs> <laughs> um, these are why these are why lawyers exist, you know. Or maybe you get maybe you get like shared custody, where each, right, each of yeah. you each of you, did... you get the odd episodes. I get the evens. <laughs> I'll air my episodes on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Yeah. yeah. So since we're since we're touching tipping our toes in the Star Trek. Uh, angle uh, i was wondering who do you which which uh TN- <laughs> I just, i'm sorry evan i just want to note that evan said star trek looked at me gave a shit-eating grin and then went back to his question ben i i have no knowledge of star trek i've never seen an episode of it so i'm gonna let evan yep. finish this question only time i ever hit stay saker was when he called him star wars <laughs> yeah. well i i listened to a bare naked ladies song so now you have to watch an episode of star, <laughs> star trek. trek perfect and you'll have me on- no i don't i, I would be horrible on- <laughs> sorry dude we don't have guests it's, yeah uh, I, nothing i can do about that <laughs> okay perfect good call what a good deflection you don't want Saker on your podcast, honestly. <laughs> but I was—I mean, un- uh, unless you're Lavar Burton, you're not welcome yeah. on the mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, doesn't this song sound like something that Jordy would like? <laughs> I mean, uh, Jordy as written, but yeah. uh, famously, we did get to interview Lavar Burton, and he had—he—he uh, yeah. he, he felt strongly that that was bad writing uh, for Jordy, and that Jordy wouldn't be like that for real so uh hard, hard to say what the canonical geordie is but <laughs> the the man that portrayed him uh would, wouldn't i don't think his values would align oh, no, with this no. song i was in no way denigrating the mighty lavar burton he is a he's a fine man who bestrides my childhood like an ancient colossus it just F- yeah fyi if there were cover bands for podcasts the canonical geordie would be my greatest generation <laughs> cover band <laughs> i just really like that phrase quite a bit yeah i mean that that would work i mean that's that's the kind of that's the kind of dumb phrase we come up with on our show <laughs> wait so is there an episode where where geordie is a uh, like a, a, a pining yeah after? We, tr- we track a certain men's rights uh, <laughs> okay. type of type of uh, feeling that Jordy seems to portray How weird. a few times over the course of the series. It's uh, not not a great look. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you tend to think of of, of Star Trek as, as sort of a progressive um, uh, show, right? That's that's weird yeah. that that was written in. There is an episode where he makes a a hologram <laughs> of the lady that designed the warp engine on the Enterprise, and uh, she helps him solve a problem. Uh-huh. And then an episode like a season later when the 
real lady that that <laughs> hologram was based on comes aboard, uh-huh. and he thinks that they're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> And then when she finds the hologram in the computer and is justifiably terrified and <laughs> uh, and squicked out, yeah, uh, he 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 pulls like a real like entitled rant on her that uh, yeah. oh boy, this is some real deep fakes territory here. That's yeah. terrifying. And it's kind of it's kind of begs the question, sort of what rights you have to your image in the Star Trek canon? Because I know there's an episode where Quark is trying to of, D- of Deep Space Nine where Quark is trying to like photocopy Dax and Kira for use on the hollow suites because he's kind of a creep too sometimes. Oh, gross. I haven't even gotten to that. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. I, I, th- I seem to, just my partner mentioned it to me and it was something that I didn't even notice the first time around because I was totally entitled the last time I watched it in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean like this song that we're reviewing, I think is uh, 1994, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's mm-hmm. kind of the same era. Like I feel like maybe we're as a society, noticing these things as being gross and bad more now for sure and that's yeah, wonderful I, yeah, I, that, that's something that you i think you you and adam both commented on in your last podcast that you'd have to sort of, oh sort of re-examine you know what you liked as kids yeah i mean uh there's still a lot to like about star trek that it's not just a men's oh, yeah. rights uh, <laughs> show <laughs> i don't know i've seen william shatner's twitter and that's all i know about star uh, trek so i assume that's what the show is yeah william shatner so he uh i I uh, used to, my production company used to do all the video for Engadget.com, mm-hmm. and uh, while I was uh, working with them, I was on an email chain where they were, like, getting everybody verified on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I just, like, I was like, hey, like, I don't know if I'm eligible for this or not, but if we're if we're just sending a big list and you don't think they would mind, put my Twitter account on there, and they're right. like, sure thing. So uh, I got verified on Twitter, and then, like, Two months after that, a bunch of the editors of Engadget.com got, like, flamed on Twitter by Shatner, who felt like they didn't deserve to be verified (laughs) because they weren't sufficiently public figures. And I was like, it was like one of the most terrifying professional conflicts I've ever been on the sidelines of because I was like, I cannot allow bill shatner to flame me so i'm just i'm staying out of this even though he's he's obviously wrong on this uh and acting like a jerk like i i don't know if i could recover from from captain kirk being mean to me on the internet oh man what a crazy story that's uh and and that that i mean obviously you were a star trek fan before that did that change the way that you that you saw at least the original series or the cast thereof yeah original series was never my series i see but uh, uh i mean I'm, all this is to say, I I acted like a coward because I, uh, <laughs> you know, like he definitely was wrong and being mean to uh, people that I really like and was actually working directly with. But right. I oh. didn't I, I didn't involve myself because I I was scared of uh, getting made to feel bad by Captain Kirk. Well, well that's I mean I, we'd all be frightened. I didn't want him to do the online equivalent of a two-handed fist chop <laughs> or, the, or that kick where he runs at you and then just like turns his body into a missile with like feet yeah first yeah just knocks yeah. you over and then rolls around on the ground truly i would not, not recover from that not knowing anything about star trek makes these mental images way better but i was thinking uh, uh star trek in this song too I, I was trying to think of like love triangles on star trek and there aren't a ton so i was just trying to think i mean like picard and vash and q maybe i'm not sure but <laughs> yeah kind of but not really yeah. i mean yeah i think that a lot of that is because the uh, the the premise of 
of Star Trek is that everybody gets along and works together, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, which which makes a a really uh, tough challenge for a writer's room that's trying to have dramatic, interesting episodes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, love triangles are more or less off the table, at least among the crew. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they would just they would just like talk it out and and come to like a reasonable resolution yeah. you know which I mean, isn't um, interesting <laughs> unless like o'brien and keiko got into a love triangle i think that would be that would be a, a rough stuff there's a yeah uh, to, don't explain it to me it, tell okay. me afterwards chief o'brien People get it oh chief o'brien from chief o- the supreme court yep cool got it <laughs> you got him hey let's talk a little bit about jordy i mean i, I want to read on his his line clearly from this song is who's lonely now it takes one to know one what the fuck is the narrator saying there is he trying to say that the girl is lonely too in this scenario or like i i I truly like was was looking at that line and trying to imagine what he was trying to say or is it just another like mush mouth like placeholder lyric that we forgot to remove did either of you have a read on that line who's lonely now it takes one to know one who's lonely now it takes one to know one. I kind of feel like he's projecting. Like, uh, oh. he, he's feeling lonely. Because like, the whole thing is him trying to imagine what she's thinking, right? Like, the, uh, like when, when she dreams, does she think of both, both of us or just, that, uh, just the guy she's with? Sure, sure. Uh, so... So maybe projecting loneliness, like oh you're you're with this guy, but maybe you're not, uh, you know. I mean he 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 feels entitled to her. He feels like the mm. uh, the the wrong dude is with her. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I I like that. For for me, it was uh, him sort of like breaking the fourth wall because I mean imagining the type of people who would like this song and the type of people who would listen to the song, like teens who are like broken hearts. Sure. So it's like, who's it's lonely his... now? Takes one to know one. They're like, yeah. <laughs> that's his wink to the camera. That's me. That's just him <laughs> looking at the camera and being like, takes one to know one. <laughs> wonk. Uh, yeah, I could see both of those. Or, uh, truly though, like it's, it's, a, it's a weird line that I'm not entirely sure has an easy read. And again, we kind of have to death of the author here. Like, well, since it's not easy, what could it be? And I think both of those are legitimate. I um, mean, the next stanza is also fairly baffling. I changed my mind. You said I could change it back. I wanted space. And now change has fallen through the cracks? <laughs> he's mixing his metaphors so hard that yeah. he's, like, launched himself into the stratosphere. Yeah, what the, what the fuck does that mean? I changed my mind. You said that I change back I wanted space now change is falling through the cracks oh okay okay I changed my mind you said I could change it back Okay, so maybe he goes back to her and he's like, I don't want to be back with you. But by that time, the change, meaning the ability to change, had fallen through. I don't fucking know. Yeah, confusing. Steve. This lady is, is well rid of this guy. Oh, that's yeah. My, that's my take. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's true. And then it, he immediately, that's true, because then the next two lines after that, after now the changes fall through the cracks, are uh, are the classic troll like comeback of like, uh, oh, 
Oh, did I make you mad? Oh, that's what I wanted to make. Hey, guess what? If you're next to me again, I don't even want to touch you anyway, because you'll be bad at that point. So, like, it doesn't matter if you come back to me or not. <laughs> like, oh, classic, uh, classic shitty troll weirdo here. Um, yeah, yeah, weird. Weird, weird narrator. We're used to those at this point. But actually, funny enough, this song was co-written by Stephen Duffy, mm-hmm. not by Stephen Page, who, he was, he's responsible for, like... Duffy's Muffies. He had the muffin, uh conglomerate yes and, and mufflers it was a worldwide phenomenon both the mufflers both the like the scarves the big scarves you wear and what you put on your car he sold muffins mufflers and mufflers yeah it's a weird ass store um yeah duffy's muffies uh he did he did a lot of the other fucking like killer tracks from this album jane alternative girlfriend everything old is new again like this is his first like real like maybe he sold it in a four pack, and so to buy the other three <laughs> songs, yeah, I mean, the Pretty Good Ladies also had to buy this one. Or yeah, I wrote down on my notes. This just feels like filler to me. It feels like a filler song. It kind eleven. It's the eleventh track on a twelve track album. It's like we need to fill this out. So like the studio required that we have a minimum of twelve tracks. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like this song is the definition of sophomore slump. Like we blew our load on the first <laughs> album, and now we're trying our best to. Why would any buy an album that was that sticky, though? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Gordon, with your Pepsi logo. You're saying it's sticky because of the Pepsi logo. This isn't Never Gordon. Mind. This is maybe you should drive. Yeah, I know. I'm just He's trying talking about to... <laughs> somebody wanting someone else to manually masturbate. Uh, maybe, maybe you should drive my arm while I hold my dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what this that's album's a, That's got to be some sort of weird fetish where... Yeah, I, I say weird fetish. I shouldn't say weird fetish. It's called like a Swedish rowboat or something, isn't Swedish it? <laughs> Wait, I'm being serious. If you hold your dick, you hold your dick, and then somebody moves your arm for you. Is a Swedish rowboat? Maybe that's not it. And maybe you have to like sit on your hand for a while first, so it feels numb. So it feels anyway. Well, I mean, because this, I feel like you'd want this oh. is so far over my head. I have no <laughs> idea what you guys are talking about at this point. Well, don't worry about it. This we'll explain when you're older. Um. um <laughs> uh, I th- Oh, go ahead. Isn't the isn't the thing that like bands put out a new album when they have thirty minutes of new material? I mean, basically, what's weird about this album is I think the first. So one- this is just over that line, right? <laughs> like if you right. assume that they're average about three minutes a song, like yeah. you, they they spent themselves by track ten, and this is eleven. Yeah, probably. So this, is, this is a sort of refactory period, refactory period of the album <laughs> before. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're not thinking straight, you know. <laughs> Or maybe they're thinking more straight than they ever have and really <laughs> revealing themselves. They're vulnerable for the first time in this moment. I like and, that uh, a lot. This is the only true Bare Good Ladies track. The others yeah. are just them riding high on the hog. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of disgusting things that we're already talking about, there's a. I went looking for live versions of this song desperately because I was like, have mm-hmm. they ever done a song this shitty live? And I found one live version from the, sh- the Ships and Dip. They used to have a cruise, Ben, which is insane to me. But from, from the Bare Good mm. Ladies cruise, where the... In, the it's like a six minute long version, but the first two minutes are like them like introducing the song and they talk so much about diarrhea in those first two minutes. I'm gonna put a clip of it here. You know what? Like there, there hasn't been a diarrhea outbreak yet on this book. Which I was kinda counting on because I've been eating like an idiot for fun. I found something out about you know what Dechevre is? It's the it's the way they market goat cheese because they just call it French because no one would eat it if it was called goat cheese. And if you eat it at 3 a.m., a lot of it on pizza. 
There's no finer diet than diet Bria. Hoodwinked by the French again. I didn't notice the toilets here are flushing more forcefully in the last two days. Uh, maybe they've got it set. It's like, yeah, they've had enough chili dogs now. Because the force of the flush has to be a little stronger. Maybe that's just my bathroom because they've been watching me. Holy shit, it's so fucking fun. Like, that is how this song should always be introduced, is through diarrhea talk. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the nothing goes quite uh, together with cruise ships like diarrhea, so. <laughs> well, that's exactly, they, they're talking about the food on the cruise and how they're surprised they don't, like, have diarrhea. And then they launch into <laughs> the wrong man was convicted. <laughs> um, that is a weird instinct. I mean, like, when... <laughs> When we take our show on the road, like you go on stage and you're and you've got you know your first five or ten minutes to to kind of talk about uh, whatever, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and occasionally you're tempted after having like a harrowing sound check <laughs> to just dunk on the venue for a little while. That's yeah. such a bad instinct, you know, because like your life is in their hands at that point. <laughs> right. So much more acutely when you're on a boat on the ocean, that, like. <laughs> People notoriously get like Legionnaires disease or like get pushed overboard by angry people that work on the boat or whatever. Like that is one hundred percent true. They did. Ha- well, hey, listen, when you're BNL, you could do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest band in the nation, uh, maybe not. Yeah, it washed up. Maybe in more than one sense after that cruise. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, very, very weird. Um, do you think you wrote this song about Twilight, the movie? Yes, well, this was about 15 years before Twilight, but what? we do know that Stephen Page is a time traveler, so with or a prophet of the Lord, or a prophet of the Lord. So knowing that, go ahead, give me your Twilight read. I, mean, that, I don't have to give you one; it just lays itself out. <laughs> I think you've said that before when you don't have much evidence, so you're just trying to go ahead, give me your Twilight read. It could be Edward Jacob and uh, the other guy, Bella. <laughs> <laughs> you have to glance at your notes. That's often I just had a momentary, Twilight. a momentary. Break. So who's singing then, Edward? You know, that's that's hard because I couldn't place the narrator. It's either Edward or Jacob, right? Oh, well, I think it has to be Edward because you're speaking from the vampire's POV. Jacob is but a werewolf. But there's never a time when Bella isn't wholly Edwards. Like, uh, that's one of the things about the book and the movies that always got me is people were like, I'm on Team Jacob. But there is no Team Jacob because Bella really never liked him. He was just like the good boy they wanted her to end up with. So it's just like wishful thinking. But at the same time, this has to be Edward because look at these lines. Who'd die for you? Who's dying inside anyway? Mm. Vampires. Which one of us is sunshine? Jacob. And which one's growing dim? Like vampires can't come out in the sun. Like I feel like it's gotta be... So maybe it's, you know... As if maybe they're rewriting an alternate telling of Twilight, a Twilight fanfic 15 years before Twilight came out. That's a great read of this song, and I think probably the canon read. Hey, guess what? What? Gotcha, fucker. What? You just explained the whole thing God damn it, you did get me. It does lay itself out. Piece of shit, you're so good at that. Playing fucking mind games with me. Um, Ben, which uh, young adult uh, book series, I know we asked you to prepare one before you came in, uh, did you think this song was about... (laughs) Boy, I'm gonna uh, <laughs> I'm gonna punt on that one because uh, you know I I had a, a a slightly different take on how it was Twilight, but I just oh, you know your, well, yours was so compelling that I just I, I don't feel comfortable. By all means, my own. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Right. that's um, fine. I mean, you could I could you could do the Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, that'll <laughs> work. Oh, actually, you've got Gail, Peta, and, and uh, Katniss. Yeah, exactly. This, this is kind of like. I mean, it, structurally, it is very much the Maze Runner, the Scorch Trials. <laughs> right, I can see that. Please go on. 
yeah. don't know. These are just things I see on uh, as available in-flight movies. So <laughs> I've never actually watched any of them. I thought you were furiously typing YA novels recent help, help, help into Google. <laughs> and it was like, uh, but the thing is, like, there came this slew of sort of YA like novels that just riffed off of successful YA novels already. So like, yeah, Hunger Games, Maze Runner. Then there's like Labyrinth Sneaker. <laughs> right. Well, I feel like Hunger Games came out of like, I mean, it's got the love triangles of Twilight with like Battle Royale, but then it was so fucking popular mm-hmm. that like Maze Runner came out of it. But every at this point, it's like a remix of a remix of a remix mm-hmm. of a because re- Maze Runner then became popular, so something spun off of that. So it's like we're so deep down the goddamn young adult rabbit hole and, that. And I mean, young adult fiction has always been there, but I feel like it's really come of come of age in like the last thirty years. I want to say where it's become it's become sort of popularized because you i mean you had like when we were kids right. you had young adult books but they were sort of older they didn't have their own section in the bookstore right, right. and i mean I, I i shouldn't i don't mean to in any way denigrate young adult fiction i actually enjoy young adult reading young adult fiction sometimes as well oh, so it's i read not... your story about the young lady who the aliens thought was the... i'm gonna fucking murder you <laughs> everybody go check that one out young explorers adventure gonna, guide. it's not that's not even young adult that's that's a tween story that's oh, for like kids well, that's, those are young adults. dumb dumb asshole uh, let's talk a little bit about this one musically maybe um i thought musically when the song first opened up it had like a really lush sound it reminded me sort of like a simon and garfunkel yes like like because it had like some weird fucking pan pipes yes, i was and those pan pipes sound so 60s like late 60s early 70s they are just like they are dated as fuck they sound bad now but it's very simon and garfunkel-esque to me i think that's exactly you nailed it there Um, and even yeah. like the where he's like uh, just the the way his voice lilts sort of as he ends lines it sounded like a sort of Garfunkel like I am a rock sort of thing oh I don't know if I noticed that but that's interesting of course you didn't notice it <laughs> excuse me <laughs> you got nothing to follow up with <laughs> Uh, th- there are some things that I really like. Like, there are those big cymbal crashes Tyler's doing. Andy's doing some crazy, like, improvisational piano ramblings that are like, okay, I could get into this. But those those pan flutes kind of ruin it for me. The, the drum line that Tyler's mm-hmm. doing sounds directly lifted from the flag, which is the last track off of Gordon. It's like a very military snare, like, like, but I mean, okay. So here's the thing. You, you got down on the pan pipes for being sort of old fashioned with cymbal crashes, but this happened in the nineties. So the sixties and seventies were the music were the eighties and nineties. Like, you know, we're, we're calling back to this new retro wave stuff and, you know, synth, synth pop and stuff like that now because we're pulling from the eighties. So they were doing the same thing with the seventies. So you can't, you can't denigrate them for that out of context out of historical context um you can say i don't like it okay <laughs> what did you i can say, say sacred what did it's I say? bad i said it's bad objectively <laughs> no i i think i might go on record saying that pan pan pipes were always bad ben help me out here <laughs> i don't know if i uh, disagree with sacred i think that the pan pipes are bad hell yeah oh, your guest yeah, agrees I'm, with I'm me i'm wrong i'm wrong i i stand corrected <laughs> I'll back down. That's delightful. Just um, like just like Ben confronting William Shatner. Man, does I will that back down? Does that mean in another ten years we're gonna have like alt, like grunge songs all over again? I feel like we'll have that sooner than that. Yeah, the grunge I guess was so. in the '90s, so we're gonna get that like in the 2018, like 2020s, I think. In yeah, like yeah, yeah, four yeah. Or like five four, years. Yeah, wow. We'll go back to that hard rock sound. Hell yeah! I'm, that's exciting. All right, I'm into that. 
what um, musical styling do you hope comes back? Uh, I, I, I'm addressing this to the to the general audience. <laughs> I don't know. I I got I don't know, man. I just want I, I want. Oh no, I know exactly what I want to come back. I want fucking piano rock. Ben Folds is my fave. So and like soft rock? No, piano rock. Like it's not soft rock. You listen to Ben Folds? It isn't. <laughs> no, I fuck you. Oh, I hate this. I hate you. I hate this podcast. Uh, ben, what is there a, a musical styling you hope comes back? I guess uh, I mean the the uh, the musical styling that I was most interested in in the uh, late '90s was uh, kind of like underground woke hip hop. So uh, there you go. I mean, like uh, very very lyrically dynamic. Uh, unpopular hip-hop is kind of my <laughs> it's kind of my sweet spot and uh that's uh I, it's never quite gone away but yeah. i i don't really have my finger on the pulse of that the way that i used to so yeah maybe i'll just have my own personal revival of it there you go can you you can produce an ep in your basement it's fine i mean anyone, everybody's can, doing anyone it. can produce anything now <laughs> it's true yeah. we have to just gotta get an mpc 2000 and find a way to adapt <laughs> yeah. a serial port to a USB-C and uh, plug it into my laptop that's perfect i'm sure that there's somebody out there who can hook you up with that if you have all those pieces for ben hashtag hey ben over here uh <laughs> ben search that hashtag early september and there'll be some folks who can help you out. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know. I, I, I thought the instrumentation was fine. Pretty. Uh, any, I don't know. Evan, you have anything else on this song? Well, uh, my... Your full house read. Fucking do, <laughs> do it. You had to look at me for a second and pause because you're embarrassed to do it in front of Ben. I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> no? I'm never embarrassed to... Because this album is all about full house episodes. Everyone uh-huh, knows that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's about... Season two, episode twenty-one, "Luck Be a Lady," specifically where Becky, Jesse's girlfriend, who later becomes his wife and mother of their two beautiful sons, mm-hmm. is uh, has an old gets obsessed with a movie star, and Jesse tries to win her, make her jealous by acting out. And sort of, it's just a love triangle. <laughs> it's the only love triangle on Full House, so you got to give me. I kind of just want to like give you just enough rope to hang yourself here just be very quiet until you have to and then jesse oh of and course, uh, uh michelle took stephanie's comb and they had a fight <laughs> and so uh, is full house canonical star trek then oh it's full house you you'd be better equipped to answer this than i a, would that's a really good question i mean because a lot of time a, a lot of the this the episode premises and things sort of mirror star trek episodes <laughs> yeah and it's uh you know set in san francisco where starfleet uh, academy and uh the the seat of the federation is whoa I, mean, I had no idea the seat of the federation is was there in San Fran. i'm kind of curious now is there like an admiral tanner or... <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great that'd be great just some sort of some sort of highfalutin great 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 granddaughter of danny tanner or yeah. dj colonel coolie yeah well anytime like a romulan shoots at you you are supposed to say how rude so. <laughs> cut it out, out. romulans <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, ben, anything else to talk about with this song that's not a stupid-ass interpretation of it by way of 90s sitcoms? Uh, I, I didn't prepare any 90s sitcoms <laughs> uh, to, to compare it to. No uh, worries. Like, like YA, it would, it would just be <laughs> grasping at straws there. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, well then, let's move along to the next segment. 
All right, we're going to go ahead and rate this song. So, uh, as usual, we're going to rate the song on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed, where bare naked is the best this song can possibly be, and fully clothed is the worst. As usual, Evan, we're going to give our guest a little time to construct, so we will start with you. How do you rate this song, my friend? This song is uh, Stephen Page, uh, lying in bed just like Brian Wilson did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is where he is fully clothed okay just completely clothed and then underneath the clothes are bandages okay. he is wrapped in bandages like dark man or the invisible man uh-huh. and he's wearing sunglasses and a hat not and he's wearing like wearing like opera gloves he and then he's got a blanket over him uh-huh and it's dark so you can barely see but in the little shaft of like sodium orange light coming in from the street light outside you can see that he's holding a picture that is also of Stephen Page, fully dressed. <laughs> okay, so it's double dressed Stephen Page. But he's sitting there like he's he's at a park, and he's sitting there like a thinker, and he's all again bandages, sunglasses, hat, trench coat, boots, uh-huh. like rain boots, like uh-huh. the ones that go up to your knees. Okay, riding opera boots, gloves. opera gloves, and he's looking at a picture of you can't really make it out. It's too small, but, but it's him and Paula Poundstone. It's probably actually a uh, a woman that he he misses. Oh, okay, got it. It's him and Paula Poundstone. <laughs> so two layers, two layers of shit on this. One yeah, for this you. was I think my least favorite bare naked lady song ever, and it has wow. supplanted box set as my least favorite bare naked lady <laughs> song. Good God, this boy, song oh boy. was offensive. <laughs> this song was bad. Ooh, written. Let's do our old scale of uh, gross, derivative, and confusing. Okay, was this, this song gross? This song is gross. That anti-feminist uh, rhetoric at the end is gross. Is it derivative of uh, Simon and Garfunkel, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Is I, it con- I, I'd say maybe. Is it confusing? No. Definitely. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say there's some very That third verse, come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about how confusing most of that <laughs> verse is. For sure, yeah. This <laughs> like, the only thing that makes sense is offensive. <laughs> <laughs> this song is gross, derivative, and confusing. It hit our triad of very good ladies' uh, hits. So this yeah, is like usually a- you just have to pick two, yeah, right? right? So this is like, this song is like a red pill MRA, like, <laughs> subreddit, where they're just sort of random people are posting lines, <laughs> sure, and it sure. doesn't make any sense out of context. So, so this song for me, then, uh, is a... Um, uh, you're in a bar and you're you're you have a blind date. Your friend set you up on a blind date, and you see people coming in out of the bar, and you're like, oh, I wonder who my date is. And then coming through the bar is this dude with this neck it's like beard, a, like a Wookie. Oh, oh yeah, that's how much hair he has. He's a Wookie. And then he comes on over to the bar and he sits next to you, and he's fully he's got on like a button up shirt and a tie and a suit jacket. You thought this was a dress down date, but he dressed way way up. Now maybe. Maybe you can see his hands. There's some pretty instrumentation in this song. So I'm going to say hands. Yeah. Uh, he's got a, a beard over most of his face. So you can make up the top of his he face. He has like a, a wedding ring uh, tan. <laughs> oh, his, no. Oh, God. Yeah, that's exactly what he has. But he's got on a fedora. And when he sees you, he tips it off. And he says, "Milady." But under that fedora is another fedora. And so it's slightly smaller. But he takes that and he tips it off. And then there's another fedora under it. And then another. And it, this is some Matroshka fedora shit that he's just, just pulling off fedoras into infinity. It just drills down into his head. Yes. And then you just get sucked. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you fall into the fedora fedortex and, and then he doesn't need to eat for another year that's correct he hibernates for the winter so technically the song is wearing an infinite amount of clothes for me <laughs> except you can also see skin somehow uh, okay ben what's your rating <laughs> on this bare naked lady song i don't know if saker told you but the more bare naked the song is the better i said that oh, okay. i said that yeah yeah uh you know those green suits that they put on to do like uh to like play a an alien in a in a movie, oh, like you know, the like the head body. head to toe <laughs> yeah. bodysuit. This is Gavin McGinnis in one of those. 
Oh, I'm laughing. Like I know who that is. You can. So it's a mocap. Uh, yeah, this is yeah. full mocap. He's, uh, he's Canada Canada's most famous Nazi. I think. Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, good lord! I love I love that rating for this song. This yeah. red pill bullshit. So song. you can't. So you can't see him. Like because right, he's wearing. But, he's completely but, covered. Right. You you know it's he's in there. <laughs> you can see his uh, his scruffy beard. He just keeps yelling I'm Gavin McGinnis over and over yeah. again through the Yeah, he co-founded Vice but then left and uh and then founded the Proud Boy movement. Oh, oh, oh no. Geez. Oh, I thought it was a Star Trek man when you said it cuz Evan no, laughed No, and he's I thought... a, he's a genuinely bad dude. <laughs> okay. Oh shit. No sacred. I got who he was. Oh, so cuz you're you're <laughs> you're so woke. <laughs> Uh, all right. Don't need to be woke to recognize a Nazi seeker. Well, you got to recognize him so that you can one call him out. Right from me. No, come on now. Let's not play this game. <laughs> I've called you a racist on this podcast. I killed Nazis before. in World War II, seeker. What's making me stop? What's stopping me from killing you? What's I'm gonna making come me out from this, stop you? I'm going to come out of this circle, this pentagram you have me in, and I'm going to strangle you. Not nice. This is not fair. My reputation is on the line here. Seeker's not a Nazi. Thank you. And you're not a ghost. <laughs> the ghost movement might get angry if I keep calling you that. Ben, thank you so much for being on our little podcast. We really appreciate it. Do you have anything that you would I like? I had a lot of fun. Oh, good. Oh. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Is there anything that you would like to to plug before you get out of here? Yeah. I mean, if people like um, Star Trek or fart jokes, <laughs> uh, they can listen to The Greatest Generation. And uh, if they're interested in history and the history of war... Uh, specifically, and movies, they can listen to Friendly Fire. Those both, and I can attest like to those both being very quality podcasts. I've listened to Greatest Gen for years. Ooh, Evan, and, get uh, out your uh, get out your check card, and we have to check off another Maximum Fun guest. Oh yeah, our, perfect, uh, perfect. Okay, <laughs> we're trying to collect them all, and uh, we, this oh, is yeah. a really big help. To them us. They're like they're like Pokemon. There's <laughs> yeah. lots of them. They are, but then we can turn it in for to Jesse to get a free. Uh, I think it's like one of those little beer koozies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we get whatever. Uh, I could get you one of those. I don't know. Oh <laughs> shit! All right, well, well never mind. <laughs> it's, the, it's collecting that really. I mean, <laughs> it was oh, the, the friends we made along the way. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Very good. Right. Yeah, it's the journey. It's not the destination. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> ben, thank you again for oh, yeah. being on. We appreciate it. Yeah, I, I sincerely appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure entirely. All right, see you later, man. Bye, guys. Hey, Evan. Oh, God. Damn. This never ends, does it? No. We need to keep recording commercials till we're dead. Okay. Hey, are you ready for another one? I'm always a commercial boy. We live in a capitalist society, so I got to get them big bucks. Yes. And boy, do we Free earn label. Money oh, yeah. Every one commercials. of these commercials we do, a uh, sweet hundo gets slipped into my mailbox. <laughs> I don't mind it. And then I tear it in half, give half to Saker, I keep half. Because that's how money works. You get... Every proportionate amount. Both of us get zero dollars <laughs> after you rip a hundred dollar bill in half. I think that you can still spend U.S. legal currency if you have fifty-one percent of the bill. I remember reading that as a child. That seems insane. Like yeah. I think that if you have like, yeah, maybe I don't know. Because who measures that, right? Like, how do you know if you have fifty-one percent of a piece? There's of probably currency? one guy who works and goes around the entire country and just collects <laughs> with his ruler. <laughs> with his ruler. This is Johnny. Yeah, he probably has like a, he has like a contraption. Oh, okay. okay. It's like some sort of thing that you put like... You feed it into... I imagine it's like a box with all sorts of diodes and blinking lights this and like is... steam coming out the top and this little is, cranks yeah. and then uh, some belts and conveyor belts and like chug, 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 chug. And there's like spinning wheels and he just kind of like presses the button that keeps turning the crank.
Banks <laughs> and like like his mustache is blowing in the wind. He's got a big old mustache and a monocle and he just kind of like runs around like a maniac and his coattails are just like hanging out behind him <laughs> and like it's all fluttery and he just keeps like, I gotta, I gotta get more steam. I gotta get more steam in the boiler. And he just keeps like turning the cranks and going looking up and down, looking up and down and checking the thing but then he overclocks it. <laughs> and then his brain <laughs> starts <laughs> boiling. His eyes pop out hey, of his hey, head. Hey, that's not this commercial. Ooh, that was last week. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to, uh, I think this is a new modern day mythology, a modern day myth. What is this guy's name? He's like Johnny Appleseed from the new, from the next generation. Um, His name is uh, Dollar Bill Dolores. <laughs> nope, just Dollar Bill. Whoa, Dollar Bill, that's great. <laughs> Dollar Bill, the steampunk man. Dollar William. Okay, all right. I'm William like Bill. William, comma Bill, comma Dollar. William, comma. <laughs> His name is Bill. Bill. <laughs> William Bill. Bill. His middle name is Bill. William Bill, Bill Dollar. Dollar. You're confusing me now, but I feel like well, you... Listen, I his name, he's not named to make sense to you. His name is his name, Saker. <laughs> so, there was a, so Johnny Appleseed was I born... Know, I find Saker quite confusing. I should, you should have a different name. What's I your middle name? People. Wand. 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 No, Wand. Your middle name is Wand, right? Saker Wand. Wand I Alexander. I almost said my last name on the air. I do not want to say my last name on the air. Um... Saker Wand. Well, you make me say my last name on the. You said my last name on the air. I said your maiden. This name is a on commercial, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> are, are you we, confused? What are we shilling? We have gotta get those. Shil- you started talking about William Bill Dollar, which is the worst, dumbest name. Was Johnny Appleseed born Johnny Appleseed? No. Okay, but William Dollar is his name. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Evan, how, hard, know, how hard is this for you? We to... know a lot of audio drama podcasts feature a Monster Hunter host. William Bill Dollar. His vampire co-host. Oh, is this Sas- Sam Squanch Squanchers? It is, Sam Squanchers. Oh, I'm starting to recognize and these guys. a stylish steampunk murder, bo- na- b- murder bot named Jenny. Uh, Dollar Bill. Dollar Bill, Bill, yeah. And Elvis as a necromancer. That's Elvis. Don't need to come up with a name for that one. Necromancer. But Squash Smashers comedy podcasts like to think that it stands out from the others in that they also have an old guy in a wheelchair. What? Plus a free t-shirt for every one millionth listener. That could be you. Season two of Squash Smashers drops on September 1st. So check out all the programming. I think we're past. I wonder how many shirts they've given away. Well, as you know, every program on the IABD Presents Network has at least three million listeners. Oh, that's awesome. So three shirts. Three shirts. That's nice. Do you think we should start selling shirts? Oh, shit. I know. We were going to talk about this. Maybe we already talked about it in an episode, but I think we should start selling shirts. What would our shirts say? This commercial's too long. Yeah. Okay, bye. We're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hubba Bubba. Gum. Hubba Bubba. Do you hubba remember, do you remember Hubba Bubba? I do. No, I'm thinking of Fruit Stripe gum. What's Hubba Bubba? Yipe Stripes. Hubba Bubba was the ones that came in like little hunks. It was like a box of gum. A box? Of, well, each, like each an piece, Amazon package? Each piece of gum was about like the size of like a thumbnail. It was pretty, it was a, and it had like. It was also the shape of a thumbnail. No. And it tasted it like just, thumbnails. It just sort of like a, like a rectangle of gum but it was, it was big and it like a bazooka joe it wasn't no, bigger than a bazooka joe it wasn't really bubble gum even because you couldn't really blow bubbles with it you just kind of chewed it could you eat it yeah it was delicious no like swallow it? oh yeah you can always swallow gum <laughs> so this was you couldn't blow bubbles you were expected to chew and eat it are you sure you just weren't eating bullion cubes but it was delicious okay i'm just guessing gum. i think you may have been eating straight up chicken uh maybe does your mom maybe cube... have beef beef flavored <laughs> beef favorite hubba bubba hubba bubba <laughs> A lot of gums back in the day that don't exist anymore. Yipe yeah. stripes, fruit stripe gums, dead. It, don't want the cinnamon crystals in it? What was that one? Oh, I don't know that. It had like a little cr- not fla- big red flavor crystals. Not oh. big red. No, 
Like the Wrigley family has survived. Mm. Like the Depression yes. era gum is still yeah. around. <laughs> and you know what is still around, which surprised me. Um, We're just doing the intro to this episode. We are. <laughs> Big League Chew. Yeah, it's, I, it was gone for a while and then came back. Did it? Oh, I didn't know it was ever gone. One mm. of my, uh, one of my, uh, I was doing a summer camp. One like of my clearly can- Canadian, or maybe it just kind of went into hiding. But I'm sorry, I ended up clearly your story. Canadian. Don't you remember clearly Canadian? Something Brandy Ladies brand of mope. <laughs> It was the one with the it was like. Is that a gum? It's seltzer water. Oh. Seltzer water had like berry flavors in, but sugary seltzer water. You'd oh. like it. I'm sure I would. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, and it was crisp. Where like a lot of like crisp. a lot of fruit flavored drinks are kind of cloying, mm. and it was more of a crisp flavor. Do you? But think, it's back. Do you think just that, like New York seltzer? Do you remember New York seltzer? I never. I hated. My dad used to drink seltzer water all the time. Well, it's not seltzer water. It's like flavored sugar sugar water. Oh, then I'd probably love it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had it though. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something, and now I forgot. Oh, yeah, one of my kids was eating Big League Chew, and he just, you know, you pull it out of the packet, and pieces just fall everywhere. It's the messiest fucking gum, because you're pulling out, like, a, a handful, like, a, th- a couple fingers full, no, right? You, know, you eat it one string at a time. <laughs> you're trolling me, because that's the way you eat string cheese, like a bad man. Oh, string, I just had some string cheese for lunch, actually. And, and did you eat it the right way? I, the wrong way? I strung it out. Oh, it's so good. It's that's so much better. Way. I don't know why, but like it gets, it tastes so much better to me when it's all strung. The stringy. best way to eat string cheese is to take the piece of cheese and chomp on it. Like you a, get more flavor. You get a bigger mouth feel. You need that big, a string is like, I'm playing a flute. What are we even doing here? <laughs> we're doing the next segment of our show, which oh. is the wheel segment. So right now we're going to spin this wheel and decide what our uh, segment is going to be for our Wrong Man Was Convicted episode. And it appears that the segment for this is called Humor of the Situation. We are both expected to find a line from a song and treat it as a riddle. What's the hypothetical answer to that riddle? Oh, this is a good one because there's so many questions, <laughs> questions. in it. Uh, okay, so do you want to go first or shall I? You can go first. Okay. Um, Evan, who's lonely now and reaching out to no one? Uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> this seems like less of a riddle and more of a question that I just asked you. Aren't riddles clever? Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, Donald Trump's toupee. <laughs> it's lonely? Yeah. I feel like it's constantly with him. Yeah, fair, fair. Great. Boy, you're high energy this episode. Yeah, boys. <laughs> like I just came in from work. <laughs> Almost like that. Almost like you took half of the day off to record an episode of a Bare Naked <laughs> Ladies podcast. Oh, never, never forget. Never <laughs> surrender. Oh, uh, lonely now. So I'm thinking uh, James T. Kirk from Star Trek. Not uh-huh. James T. Kirk, but William Shatner. Uh-huh. Because he is the only surviving like main cast member of star trek like from the original series like he's he, like he and like mccoy's dead scotty's dead spock's dead in canon or the no actors? not Sp- the actors oh okay so like james duen's dead uh leonard nimoy and uh deforest kelly are dead but william shatner carries on and i mean Chekhov is still around yeah so, but sulu is still around the but, they're, alien, but they're all like like they're all second tier characters the alien woman is still around which the green one she is i don't know probably right she was young <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Women do live longer than men, so statistically, she is likely to still be alive, Saker. Yes, you are correct. Willie Shat. He's pretty old. Yeah. He's pretty old. And I kept waiting for him to be like a shithead and then like you know, he's like one of those really old guys who's like, I like whiskey. He was a shithead. I like whiskey. I like horses. But for a while he didn't really say anything. He just kinda like reveled in his like I'm just kind of a dumbass shithead. Like right. like not not really like or at least he didn't say anything that I heard and then he sort of came out as a old monster boy okay. oh you at, did like, see that relatively then. recently yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he came out so, as an alt right so like we, we all knew it but as long as he didn't like say anything <laughs> we could pretend that he wasn't 
Do you so. still can you still watch uh, a Shatner TOS and enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, can you separate I, I can enjoy it as much as I ever did, which is to say moderately. Okay, it's like my enough. fourth favorite, or maybe fifth favorite Star Trek. Like, you went through. We were at a bar just over the weekend, and you were telling me your favorite Star Treks in order. I've never seen an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe you were already drunk at that point. No, um, you weren't. I don't think I was at that point. I think we were, we were ordering our first drink. Oh, okay, yeah. And the lady at the bar kept eyeing us like she wanted to participate in the conversation. She what? kept like turning around to look at For us. For real? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember yeah. that. And I was like, well, I'd love to talk to you about this, lady. Couldn't have made a new friend. Yeah. yeah, but I was there with my boy and I wanted to play Star Wars Trivia. <laughs> Star Wars Trivia Pursuit Harry, and Harry, Harry Potter. Potter Trivial Pursuit. Uh, okay, give me a riddle. Fun. Riddle me this. Who's breathless now? Who only hyperventilates? Uh, two different answers or one answer? No, one answer. One Riddles answer, yeah, are, are yeah, paradoxical. Yeah. Yeah. Who's breathless now? Who only hyperventilates? The answer is a paper bag. <laughs> um, right? Yeah. Paper bags don't breathe. Yep. And, and people hyperventilate them, into you them. You use them for only... You don't use them to carry food in. You don't use them <laughs> no, they for only storage. Hyperventilate. Oh, I like... Little, this is such a good lunch boxes. See, that's that's how you answer... The riddle... The answer is not like a... Spe- it's always like the hands of a clock. It's not James T. All Kirk. Right, so let's do All it right. this way. Okay. okay. I'm going to ask... Right, you, you ask me one. I'll say an answer, and then you tell me why. Okay, go ahead. So, so if I so, oh, so I ask you one. You ask okay. Me one. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Um, who likes to look at pictures and cries, but way too late? <laughs> uh, I, I I keep coming with people. Like I'm like, <laughs> where's Waldo? Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> where's <laughs> like, Waldo's vine? <laughs> Saint <laughs> Valentine. <laughs> like, you know what Waldo is called? Uh. Wally in other countries? Where's Wally? Huh. Is the name of the book. That seems perfectly fine. Uh, okay, so the answer is The answer is a brick fireplace. A brick fireplace and likes to look at pictures and cries but way too late. Right. So you have to tell me why. Okay, because it's constant it's facing the other side of the room where all the family pictures are hung. So <laughs> it looks at pictures and cries but way too late because the family left it on and it's crying little flecks of of ash and 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 fire and is going to burn down the house and this family within it. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to give you a noun, okay. and you give me the word, the line in the song that matches that noun. Okay. Which is basically the same thing that we just, <laughs> just did. did. Okay. Um, and then I have to exp- then you have to explain yeah, why. Yeah, <laughs> then I can get the hard work again. Yeah. I love, uh, so I like, I like giving sacred the hard stuff. A cucumber. A cucumber. Well, what did you think would wait for you? <laughs> <laughs> but what once didn't? didn't heed your wants <laughs> what what wait repeat because the line is i thought you would wait for me your wants i needn't heed so i'm trying to turn that into a question uh-huh. a, a riddle so <laughs> what did you think would wait for you and what wants didn't you heed so a cucumber i thought would wait for me and i didn't heed its wants. you thought it would turn into a pickle no you thought it would turn into a pickle because you you put <laughs> it in water <laughs> explaining. yeah okay go on i didn't know that it was vinegar and it just ro- it was water. no you just put it in water because yeah. you, you didn't know how to make pickles and then it just rotted this is a real story my beautiful partner bought uh cucumbers with the intent to make cucumber salad and we forgot they were in the fridge and they went bad well I thought they would be there. I thought they would wait for me. I didn't need their needs. <laughs> to be eaten right away. To be eaten right away. That is correct. Um, so there we go. Okay. It's time for a little bit of... It's time for a little bit of something that I like to call bare naked males. We, we both like to call it that. I, I, 
I've never heard you enjoy. I've never heard you relish in calling it bare naked males. I roll the term around in my mouth. I like it. Like mouthfeel, like a big piece of you, string cheese. You roll it like an R. Roar, bare Can naked you- males. Uh, this piece of bare naked males uh, is from a man named C's Richard. So, C's Richard, uh, aka Rich, says, Hello. I was re-listening to some of your back episodes, and I had a suggestion. Why don't you rank every single song? I think that would be edifying, both to you as people who enjoy talking, and to new listeners of Bare Naked Ladies who discover this podcast in the years to come. Then they can just experience, for example, the top 1% of BNL songs, and not just the disgusting idiot shit-like box set. Yeah. And every episode could end with you both arguing over where the new song belongs in The Great List, all capitalized, before ultimately hugging audibly. Thank you, Rich. <laughs> Is that a question? <laughs> yeah. Why don't, don't you, you rank do every single song? So why don't we do that? Yes. Um. <laughs> I like, the, we have to just, this, this is a negative that we have to prove. <laughs> so I'm thinking we don't do that because <laughs> it would be hard. I think it would be hard initially. There's a lot of groundwork mm-hmm. we'd have to set because we have two albums worth of songs at this point. Well, we could, we could rank the songs. Yeah. And then as each new song comes up, we could decide which one it's better than. We slot it in. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. It's a lot of groundwork. And then we just say it belongs in between One Week and Box Set, uh, which are the two highest Bare Naked Lady songs, presumably. And we don't, another reason we don't do it is because we haven't been. So we'd have to like build this whole thing from the ground up. So that's the answer. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Richard. Is, I mean, I guess we could release like a special bonus episode rating all the ones we've done this Hi for our for our gold star Patreon supporters. Uh-huh. And ones, we're committing to that? The ones who prom, the ones who give up upwards of a hundred dollars a month. One dollar a month. <laughs> any amount of money. Yeah. Because this podcast is worth nothing. Uh it's priceless, is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Good. That's, that's great. That's, that's better. A, Friendship that's nice, is priceless. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think we should definitely do that. Uh maybe once the second album is over, that can be the big explosive finale, like explosive diarrhea, where we rate every single Bernicked Lady song and then we begin to slot in new songs. Um I like it. It's fun, sees. But Rich, I think yeah, we we just it's too late at this point. We yeah. didn't start with it. And so now we never will. And as for the audible hug, I don't know if I can do that because I'm a ghost. That's true. Like you could hear like the whisper of Saker passing through my mater- my dematerialized body. Yeah. I mean, we could just make hug noises. What's that? Ah! <laughs> no, no, no. No, you don't kiss when you hug. There it is. You choke when you hug. I'm squeezing you too tight, little ghost boy. Mm, free me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, C's Richard, thank you for the question. Fuck right off. <laughs> okay, now's the point in the show. Everybody's favorite point. The point that we relish where we read an iTunes review of the show. Hooray. Uh, this iTunes review is from a man named Jorky3344. <laughs> Sounds good. Here we go. Uh, I can't read the full title of the review. Thank you, iTunes. Goes to show anyone dot dot dot. <clears throat> Two know-nothings who claim a one-star review. Two know-nothings who claim at various times to hate the Bare Naked Ladies and not be familiar with much of their catalog. Why are they even doing this podcast? Like the other podcast on BNL, they laugh too much at their own bad jokes and talk about lots of dumb crap. (laughs) Still waiting on a podcast that does BNL justice. Oh my gosh. We should have attached this one to the Little Tiny Song episode. I very much want to see what 
sort of podcast jorky wants. <laughs> that like, does it justice. Because, I mean, Bare Naked Ladies is kind of a joke band. Right. Like, not, not necessarily a, like a funny band like Weird Al, but they do, you know, they're tongue-in-cheek. They're a silly lot of their boys. Stuff. Yeah, they're silly. Like, and they don't take themselves too seriously. Just like no one who does a podcast. I mean, what do they want? Like a like a breakdown by breakdown by like four music theoreticians. And Aaron on Bernegade ABCs does break it yeah. down by like tempo I'm like, and I'm just, key. Yeah, I'm saying like. So what I mean, do you he want, called, Jorky? He called both of us out. Like I, <laughs> I understand making fun of our podcast because we're dum dums, yeah. but like Bernegade ABCs actually knows their shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But- I truly enjoy that. I, I, I love that even though right on our tin it says yeah. a stripped down, no nothing like, podcast. That's like breaking open a Pepsi and being like, ah, didn't like the cola flavor. Where's the Sierra Mist? Yeah. <laughs> What's a, where's the, where's the orange Fago I wanted in this can? Um, I really like it though. It makes me happy that he, uh, that he took the time to give yeah. us some feedback. It's probably a he. Jorky, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, I mean, Jorky will almost certainly never hear it unless Jorky has a friend that passes this on to him. Oh, if you know Jorky, yeah, hashtag... 387, three, whatever his title. Jorky3344. Three, three, hashtag, it? we're all Jork Dorks here. We're all Jork Dorks. <laughs> and hey, Jorky, you want to come on to the podcast and... That would be great. That would be great. Let's come, get Come him- on to the podcast, tell us what we're doing wrong and how we can fix it. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I'm truly happy that we get these bad reviews because they delight me, but you seem like you want to call him out. <laughs> It hurts my feelings <laughs> because we're dumb. Right. But we know we're dumb. Right. So there's no problem. Right. It, it, it irritates me in the same way like some idiot on Facebook commenting on like a political post. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Okay. I feel the need to engage, which always stresses me out. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. You can... Mm-hmm. We're done. Ev, that's the end of the epo. How's that possible? Uh, you can get with us on Facebook. We're It's All Been Done, a Bannaked Ladies podcast. You can get with us on Twitter at Bin Done Pod. You can visit Evan's Instagram at Evie Dick Dick. You can visit. <laughs> I think I've done your LinkedIn before too. Yeah. Uh, hi, my, uh, Dick Dick Me my, Higher. My, my MySpace page. Your MySpace. Your top eight, as far as I saw last time. Ed, D- Dick Steve, in the, Dick and the Tyler, Stave, Jim, Andy, Kevbo, Jorky, <laughs> and Super Saiyan Goku Four. Um. Yeah, and uh, that's about uh, all I think we have for this week. Um, oh, shoot, 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 shoot. Uh, I wanted to ask Evan. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I'm always open to questions. Do you think it's fate that your name is so much like Kevin? Like Kevin Hearn? <laughs> fate? Uh, probably. Yeah, like you were fated to do this. And my name is Saker, which is like Ed. <laughs> that's a really good question. Allow- what are you plugging this week? Mm. he just shit his pants (laughs) i saw that noise you just heard ladies and gentlemen he took my advice from last episode he realized that shitting in public in front of your friends especially is a good way to start things off it's okay um so what are you plugging that article about steaming pile of shit (laughs) this podcast i agree check us out on itunes yeah give us a review so saker can read it to me so good uh anyway i'm saker i'm I don't I don't even know anymore. He's so close. And we'll see you again in two weeks. One week. One week. week.